Hey everybody, it's John Ryan with KCIM. Got together with sports director Jeff Blankman earlier this morning to record a KCIM Sports Rewind Extra feature for you involving the Substates games last night and a preview of the state baseball tournament for Kemper. What we didn't know at the time was Kemper's time they would play. Well, just after we finished recording, we got the official time. They'll play Van Meter and the game will be at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night, the 19th. So there you go. There is the uh, mystery around that salt. Now let's get into our KCIM Sports Extra. We got a KCIM Sports Rewind Extra going on today because we got some important stuff to talk about here. Jeff Blankman, Sports Director here. Uh, Jeff, we're talking state baseball and uh, literally the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat all in one little Sports Extra. Yeah, yeah. What a congrats first to, to the Kemper baseball team. Uh, first time to the state baseball tournament since 2017. Hard it to is, believe it has been that long. That it's been that long. Yeah. Um, you know, knew it was either 16 or 17. Mark Fieldmeyer, who helped me do the broadcast, and I chatted about it during the game last night 17 was the last year they've been there so technically five years um, you know since since they've made state and that was after going eight of ten years mm-hmm. um, so hard to see that uh, that they've had that kind of a run but uh, and then for the Carroll softball team you mentioned the agony of defeat you go over to a top five ranked team you battle hard you tie it in the top of the seventh you're leading part of the game the most you're ever down by is one you know, and, and then the game slips away from you in the bottom yeah. half of the seventeenth, about bottom half of the seventh inning. Just uh, what a crushing way um, to have the season come to an end. Your heart goes out to the kids and the coaches and the fans, uh, but you know, you, you sit back and hopefully someday they'll sit here and go, "Man, we made a tremendous run!" And how good a softball were we playing at the end of the season? Well, how good is the Raccoon River Conference? I mean, oh, ADM's just been dominant, yes, a long time, and they've they've kind of owned everybody. A lot of folks in that uh, that conference especially the Carroll Tigers yep. through the years. They've struggled against them to have that kind of performance in a sub-state game. Man, they made ADM earn that one. They certainly did uh, and had some chances last night. You tip your cap to head coach Ryan Gallegos and, and assistant coach Rock Jones and stuff and, and all the girls. Uh, the way that team played down the stretch, Jeff Honnold said it Tuesday on Rewind that you know they might be a top 15, top 20. They definitely were top 16 because they were mm-hmm. one of 16 teams left in the sub-state. But by the end of the year, they, they might have been a top 10, top 12 type of team. Um, they just got stuck having to play at a top five ranked team, you know, in the sub-state final. Yeah. And eventually they wound up the record one game below 500. That's yes. how good that conference is. Yes. You can you can have that kind of record in the postseason, make it to a sub-state and almost make it to the state tournament. Yeah, you know, and you, you look at, you know, their record out of the conference, they dominate a lot of the people that they play, and so that tells you, you know, just two wins in the conference, you know, and then to get 14 wins out of the conference and, and finish right at, you know, a game below 500, mm-hmm. you said. So, yeah, what an effort. Uh, Alyssa Brent sounds like she pitched really, really well. Parker Adams had a home run last night in the game, and, um, you know, how much was getting Josie Ayala back late in the season? How much did yeah. that help? You had, you know, I, I, I've said it, you know, she didn't get invited to rewind this year because she only played in a handful of games and that affected, you know, things, you know, whether she was kind of eligible for it. But realistically, she's one of the two, three best softball players in our area. And to get that kind of a talent back late in the mm-hmm. season and a senior leader with a team that was already playing pretty good softball at that point, that's huge. 
No, going back to Raccoon River Conference real quick, a couple years back, when it was like five of the eight teams were out of the Raccoon River, it seemed like? Yeah, there was a year, it was probably right around five years ago, Bondurant Ferrar was still 2A at the time. They won the 2A championship. Um, the 3A championship was uh, Carlisle against uh, Winterset uh, in the championship game, so you had a 3A champion, and then Dallas Turner Grimes was 4A at that time, <laughs> and they won the 4A championship, and that was right before they moved over and, and left the conference. So you had the 2A, 3A, and 4A champions were all in the Raccoon River Conference. Yeah, that's just an incredible stat there. So, again, agony and defeat doesn't make it any easier for those girls to, to, no. to kind of live with that loss since yep. victory was right there. You're a half an inning away, yes. really, maybe. You, know, you tied up the game late. I guess I shouldn't say a half an inning away, but you, know, you had every opportunity there. Yes. And just good teams will make plays. Yeah, they do. And and that sounds like, uh, you know, I called Nick Brinks or actually, yeah, had him call me on, on the way home last night. I didn't want to text with him or whatever, but... Uh, so he called me when he got a chance uh, and we chatted as I was driving back from Council Bluffs and you know he's like you know he says ADM just got a girl on and kind of created an opportunity mm-hmm. you know there in the in the in the bottom of the seventh inning and and that's what teams that are used to getting into state championship games and battling for state titles uh, you know they find a way to be able to make plays late in the game but so did Carol High you know they yeah. get they get a runner on and Brenna Goins comes in to, to run for her in the bottom of the you know the top of the seventh inning Brell Henders comes up with a base hit to score, you know, to tie the game. So Carroll did a lot of the things that they needed to yeah. do. Again, tip your cap to ADM. I mean, yep. they're, they're a team that's going to find a way, you know, whether yep. it's the big hit or just a little nickel and dime stuff. They figure a way to manufacture a run, whatever they need, you know, yes. to get that victory. So Carroll High ends their season 16 and 17. Yep. And Kemper Knights, they're going to be returning to the state baseball tournament. I, I'm not sure I don't have the exact dates off the top of my head, but the last time the state tournament was in Carroll, before last year, obviously, right. it was a number of years. It was, right it was 2004. It was uh, the 2004. reason I remember it, it was the year I started here. And oh. my first week here at the radio station, the state tournament <laughs> was going on. So, I, I believe Kemper yeah. was part of that, weren't they? Yeah, I think they were. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, they haven't played a state baseball tournament game in Carroll since 2004. Since right. These kids were... Well, I don't know. Do the math. <laughs> yeah. Not born for some yeah, of them. Yeah. Exactly. So. so they've got quite a thrill ahead of them. Yep. Uh, we still at this point don't know what time they're playing. It'll be Tuesday the 19th. We know that yes. for sure. Yeah, still as as we're talking here, the, the brackets I checked right before we went on the air, and they they, uh, they were not posted yet. Um, more than likely, uh, they'll be the eight seed. Um, just looking at the records of everybody that that qualified, they're probably going to be the eight seed, which means they'll probably get Van Meter, who will be the three time defending champion mm-hmm. and number one ranked team coming. And that probably in. means the very first game of the day. On that's Tuesday. what I'm guessing. My only thought on that is: is does the state look at this and go, we could flip them and put them down at the, the 7 p.m. game, you're going to have a big crowd at 11 o'clock, but how much bigger of a Kemper crowd shows up for a 7 o'clock uh-huh. game? You know, because you know it's going to be packed, but will there be people that can't get off work to come to the 11 o'clock game but can come to the 7 o'clock game? Does the state look at that and maybe schedule them yeah. for the last game of that Tuesday evening? Yeah, kind of flip-flop the brackets. Go yes. the, 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 the two seed and plays in the first bracket, first half of the day, and yeah. uh, the number one seed plays. Yep, yeah, entirely possible, but they are going to see huge crowds. 
crowds. Oh, yes. Guaranteed on Tuesday because those teams are going to travel. Yes. And Kemper's just going to show up with an immense crowd. Yeah, they might want to add several more layers of bleachers uh, to mm-hmm. that stadium uh, and stuff for, for that 2A, especially for the 2A field right now because I can imagine Kemper was hungry to get back to the state tournament. You could tell that. Not just the players. They wanted it. The coaches, Randy Snyder, mm-hmm. wanted it. The fans wanted it. And you could sense it last night at about the fifth inning when they got up 6-2. to two, You could really sense that the fans really wanted this and what it meant for them to get back to the state tournament. So I, I honestly think anybody that's went to Kemper, anybody that's rooted for Kemper, anybody that's graduated or played for Kemper in the last 40 years probably going to be coming back uh, unless they live out of the country yeah. or something and can't get back. I think that crowd on Tuesday is going to be huge. And we're going to be broadcasting that game, obviously. Yes. But let's talk about the Clarinda matchup. Uh, great move, I think, by Randy Snyder. He said, uh, you know, we're not going to throw our top-line guys yes. in the matchups beforehand. So they got swept in a doubleheader by Clarinda earlier, just a couple days before, in fact. Yeah. And uh, go out last night, you throw your ace, and... Man, look at the results. Yeah, and and you could tell the difference last night. The Neo kid's not going to – we noticed it last night, and Mark Fieldmeyer said it. You know, he's not a like a, a flamethrower, so he's going to hit spots, you know, and stuff. But he's hittable if, if you know, because he doesn't throw real hard. Even though Kemper didn't get much for hits the first two innings, and they were down two to nothing after the first inning, they were hitting lasers. I mean, they were right at people, but they were hitting lasers those first two innings. And you kept thinking, okay, if they start to find some gaps, uh-oh, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff for Clarence. Clarinda. Clarinda came out, got four hits in the first inning, but none of them were hard hits. They were a bunch of seeing eye singles. So they got four singles in that inning, scored two runs. Logan Siebenhaller kind of settled in, only gave up two hits after that. Um, the turning point in the game probably came in the second inning. Um, Clarinda loaded the bases with a one out. Siebenhaller gets a strikeout. Uh, Max Erlmeyer, a catcher, throws down to John Bass at first, picks the guy off of first. So you get the strike off, strikeout pickoff at first to end that inning. And all of a sudden, Kemper comes up, and you get the, the double from Benicio Lujano, and you could just see the whole momentum mm-hmm. changed at that point. And one thing, Mark and I talked about it. Doug Wanderger, who rode with me, talked about it on the way home. It almost looked like Clorinda when they got up two to nothing and got those four hits in the first inning. Relaxed. They were going to be. They were overly confident. Yes, it was like, yeah, we beat them ten to nothing here a couple of weeks ago. You know, back on the twenty seventh, this game's over. We're pounding their guy already. You know, they didn't play last night like a team. You know, there was some balls hit down the line where normally you'd see a third baseman or a first baseman at least dive to try and make an attempt. Mm -hmm. They just kind of reached over and put the hand out, you know, to try and field it backhanded. But there wasn't that real. I need to field this kind of a look to the way they were playing. And that's not the way Kemper played the entire game. The effort was absolutely there. Um, so uh, Kemper comes out in the that's... third. Benicio Lujano double steals third. They make a throwing air on the steal attempt. He scores. They end up tying up the game um, that inning. And then Cal Wanner gets the two-run home run to give him a 4-2 to two lead in the fourth. And even though you still had three innings to play, game was over. Uh, and last Kemper booted the ball around the rest of that game, and they didn't do that. The, the, Clarinda was done at that point. Yeah, how does that happen? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm stunned when I hear that because you just don't figure at that level those yeah. kids are going to do anything but give 110% on yes. everything. Yeah, and and, and, and you know, I, I think for Clarinda, it's, it's that age-old thing. And you even find it with college age and professional athletes. Sometimes when the focus isn't there, um, you know, uh, you 
you can't turn it on. And, and Mark Fieldmeyer talked about it last night. Baseball is one of those sports. You know, football, you can go in and the coach can give the rah-rah speech and you can go in at halftime and make adjustments mm-hmm. and come out. You know, basketball, you can hit a few threes or go out with the press and you can get some steals and all of a sudden you get the energy up. Baseball, that softball, kind of those are hard sports to, to flip that switch and turn it on. And I, I think that hurt Clorinda last night. I don't think they ever flipped that switch. Yeah. And Kemper was playing like a team that wanted to get back to the state baseball tournament for the first time in five years. Well, the strikeout pickoff play, you said kind yeah. of turned the corner for Kemper, yep. and they kept that intensity throughout. Yes. So it's it's easy to kind of get that momentum starter. It's yes. tough to keep it. And it that's is. what Kemper did last night. So congratulations to them. Now we got to talk about <laughs> a weird event that happened, yeah. too. Funny story yeah, in a way. You don't want to. You don't want to say it's funny, but it's. Yeah. I think everybody's going to chuckle about it at some point. I, I think at some point everyone will. It may yes. be five, ten years down the road, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> we can chuckle about it now. But uh, the Kemper. It all involves the Kemper bus. Yes. Um, so Kemper took a wind star down last night, uh, and at the facility, um, it, it's it's a complex. So there's a softball diamond there. There's an aquatic center there. So where I ended up parking was by the aquatic center. Well, they had all the games locked on that side so but they opened one up to let Doug and I through so we could get in it was right by the first base dugout so everybody else kind of parked on the other side of the aquatic center so you had kind of a long walk to get down to where that parking lot was at to where Mm -hmm. the entrance was to the to the baseball field so um, I know Kemper had parked their bus down there after dropping the kids off you know and stuff well come to find out you know Doug and I were actually already on our way back Doug Wanner who rode with me we were on our way back charter bus yes a charter bus so um, so Doug Doug makes a phone call back um, to to some people back at the stadium and found out they were still there. Well, part of the reason they're there, the bus had been stolen. Yeah. Never, ever in my years of ever doing sports or anything like that have I ever seen this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they did find it. The the story I understand, um, and this was from people that were there. Now, I don't know if this is the actual details that are going to be in the police report is is that um, they found it at a McDonald's about six blocks away, four or Mm -hmm. six blocks away. I kind of heard both the numbers there, but uh, and stuff. And I understand that uh, maybe it was a homeless gentleman who kind of found his way into the bus somehow and and, uh, was able to get it started and took off with it. Yeah, so that wound up being probably about an hour and a half delay for the departure. Yes. Was it for players or for fans? It was for the players. For the players. It was for the players, yeah. So that so, meant the difference between you got home around 11.30, they're yes. getting home probably after 1 o'clock. Yeah, we noticed that uh, around uh, 11 o'clock or so, about the time we were coming through Denison, um, Doug was kind of tracking some of the things going on with the bus, and uh, the bus was about where 80 and 680 split there by the Tri-Center High School area and stuff, so they still had had at least probably a good hour, mm. you know, on the road at 11 o'clock. So they probably got back, I'm guessing, sometime 1230-ish, 1 o'clock or something like that from from the trip last night. The thing that was interesting for me, uh, you know, was that we do all the post game. We talked to three players, talked to Coach Snyder, tore down all of our equipment. I went out onto the field. Talked to some of the coaches, congratulated them. Talked to the players, congratulated them. We were there probably 15, 20 minutes, a good 15, 20 minutes after I got off the air. There was not one thing said about the bus being missing at that point. <laughs> we're 10 miles out of town before we finally yeah. hear that, that, that the bus is gone. 
Boy, that is, uh, it's the agony of defeat, the thrill of victory, and the one of the weirdest things you're yes. ever going to see yes. in high school sports, the yes. bus being stolen during Gl- the game. Glad they could find it yeah, and oh, stuff. Yeah. It would have been it would have been really bad if they would have had to have parents try to haul all of the kids home and mm-hmm. find room. We probably would have had to turn around and go back and, and load a few people you yeah. know, into the vehicle we were taking. So. But anyway, we look forward to, yeah, yes. association should have the game time for Kemper Tuesday the 19th here at uh, Merchants Park in the state tournament, hopefully sometime Today or this later on this morning or this Hoping afternoon. So, yeah. so uh, anyway, that kind of wraps up uh, what we wanted to do with a little sports uh, rewind extra here going on. Sports Director Jeff Blankman, I'm John Ryan.